Welcome to the Gatecast. Presented by Alan and Mike. Lucy, I'm home. I am not Lucy. Oh, you're right. We'll just upload a computer virus into the mothership. I was going to do my living room like this. Well, so my recommendation is that anyone attempting to leave the mountain should be shot on sight. Hello, good evening, and welcome to Gatecast episode 114, Nightwalkers. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to the show. I'm not sure what else to say at this point. Yeah, yeah there's only so much you can say. Tonight's episode, as Alan says, is Nightwalkers. Strangely enough, one of the weakest episodes, judging by the ratings on over at Gateworld, yet yeah, Joseph Malouz is one of his favourites. Just goes to show the length and breadth of opinion in the Stargate franchise. Yes. As far as Joseph's concerned, I make the bloody thing, I decide what I like. <laughs> too, too right. That was the thinking behind Stargate Universe, of course. No, the thinking behind Stargate Universe was, how do we cash in on BSG? That was the issue. Everything became... Sci-fi was cheesy, and then BSG came out, and it was all dark and gritty, and everyone went, oh, let's go dark and gritty. Except Eureka, which went, screw it. We're staying light and fluffy. Well, as we've seen on, on the Sci-Fi Channel, pretty much that is the standard, that's, that's what works. The niche audience for shows like Battlestar and Stargate Universe just isn't there. Not anymore. No, apparently the fair wrestling. Plus on Fox, the thinking behind Terra Nova. It's a sci-fi show. Oh, no, it isn't. It's a sodding family drama set 65 million years ago. With dinosaurs. Yeah, you could literally transplant that family and that community into small-town America and have the Sixers as the neighbouring high school and the time portal as maybe a developer out to level the place for a golf course, and the show would be fine. It'd work. Well, you could probably have it as a frontier town, you know, sort of maybe set in the 1800s with Indians. The same basic premise. Out-and-out sci-fi is pretty much dead on broadcast television now. Eureka? That isn't out-and-out sci-fi, is it? It's not science fiction. Nor what I consider science fiction. Fair enough. It's a bit of fantasy, a bit of speculative fiction. It's got humour and relationships in, which are far more important than aliens or spaceships or anything like that. You look back and you think Battlestar was kind of a bit of a freak. And even that show, if it hadn't have gotten all its critical plaudits, that probably wouldn't have lasted four seasons either. BSG isn't out-and-out sci-fi. It's a political drama which just happens to be set in space. The Flashbulb Podcast. Three to ten minutes of fiction brought to you thrice weekly. From cosmic horrors to fisticuffs, fast cars and smart mouths, we've got a chill for every spine. Find it all at flashpulp.com or search for it on iTunes. <laughs> I'm going to put the scissors down there. No, play with scissors. Right, line is cocked and ready. Yep, I'm all set to go. I'm looking particularly fine and clear and non blurry. Ever three, ever a doe, ever a hen. Clicky. Fade in on dark night and oh. steam. A very moody shot. Mm. I thought you said movie. Oh, that'd work as well, considering that Peter Deloise, the director, says he wanted to make this episode look a bit different to the normal Stargate episodes. Mm. More movie-like. Suspense and oh, Sam's home. Sam's home. Hello. Is this Major Samantha Carter? Who is this? My name is Richard Fleming. You don't know me, but I need your help. What does she wear in bed? A t shirt. Ah, oh, boring Samantha. That's not a t shirt. What do you call it then? That's a slip. Alan, expert in women's lingerie. Yeah. This is Dr. Fleming, played by Peter Anderson. No plans to invent penicillin, then? Of course not. You have to protect me. They know that I... Behind you. Oh, dear. Hello? Hello? Well, that doesn't sound good, does it? Now, folks, on the phone while you're driving. You heard a crash noise, and she just goes, hello, hello. Now, is that it for teaser? That's it, that's for the teaser. That's very short. Oh, no messing. But that's what happens when you're, when you're on the phone and you're driving. It's dangerous. Take heed. Your Road Safety Authority recommends that you not use a handheld communication device while driving. Nightwalkers. Uh, written by Joseph Malozzi and Paul Mully. Directed by Peter DeLuise. 
and for once it's got a rather unique title. The actual Nightwalkers by itself doesn't get replicated in any other TV show. That you've been able to find? Not that I've been able to find, although there are some variations of the Nightwalkers and the Nightwalker from the uh, BBC play, Waltons, Kindred, etc. Hmm. Well, yes, I, I could well imagine that it would feature in some sort of vampire thing. Oh, yeah. Can't go wrong with vampires. As you said in the tweet. Mm-hmm. Oh, we're back. That new world. I'm sure it's old. Hmm. And to quote Mr. DeLuise, The Boring Room. His name is Dr. Richard Fleming. He's a biologist, formerly a professor of advanced genetics at Stanford. Sure, he's famous for developing hybrid strains of disease-resistant corn and cotton. And although he doesn't have food, he does have the notebook and he does have a large thing of coffee. I read an article about him in the American Journal for Evolutionary Science. Tea, sorry. Tea, it's tea. Can you see the little uh, string? (laughs) Thank I don't... People that leave the tea bag in are just weird and strange. Well, it's not too bad if it's herbal tea, because you you infuse while you drink it. It keeps getting stronger. You're supposed to infuse for about two minutes and then take it out. Five or six minutes, in some cases. I buy Twinings. Twinings says too. Doesn't matter what sort of herbal tea I buy. Oh dear. Yeah, that's a bit worrying. Where's Jack? You did watch last week's episode, didn't you? Oh, yeah. Adrian Conrad was a man who had himself implanted with a stolen symbiote in order to cure himself of a deadly disease. That was ten months ago. At the time, Immunitech was located in Phoenix. One week after we took Adrian Conrad into custody, their operations were scaled back and they moved to a small town on the coast of Oregon called Steveston. This is the first episode in which Richard Dean Anderson actually doesn't feature on screen. That will not be unusual in the seasons to come. <laughs> but for now, it's, it is rather unusual. This obviously warrants further investigation. I'll have transportation arranged for the three of you. Colonel O'Neill won't be joining us? The Toker is still looking for a suitable host for a symbiote. You'll have to do your best without him. Dismissed. Yes, summoned. Ah, there we go. Get the reference to why Jack isn't there. Surely you can join them as, you know... To use the DS9 phrase, adjoined, Colonel. As we'll come to see, what Jack is doing right at this moment we'll learn in a later episode. One well, I haven't seen most of. Yes, quite. People don't think you're strange. What about Colonel O'Neill? Let's get some lunch. That's it. If you want to distract Jonas, food, Jonas, food. Oh, small town, USA, aka. Vancouver. And a Chevy, I think. And we get Jonas jumping out the uh, car before it's even stopped moving, just in case the editors wanted to cut this scene. Hmm. And Peter wanted it left in. <laughs> Smile. What are you doing? Keeping a visual record. I'll catalogue all the images when we get back to the base. I do like that coat on Amanda. Hmm. She looks smart. Although, they're all very suspicious. Yes. I'm going to go talk to the sheriff. Keep an eye on Teal. Sure. Keep an eye on Jonas. Teal looks like his expression has been Botoxed into immobility. <laughs> he looks familiar and young. Excuse me. Hi. Hi. Can I help you? Major Samantha Carter with the Air Force. I'm looking for Sheriff Knox. I'm Sheriff Knox. Welcome to Steveson, Major. Thank you, sir. Hey, those donuts. You want anything, Major? Oh, no, thank you. Blue Mancuma. Very familiar face, at least it was to me. He was in Tin Man, 2012, he's been in Smallville, and he's Sheriff Knox. So, uh, you looking for information about Dr. Richard Plenty? That's right. I understand he's missing. We found his car in a ditch outside of town. It's pretty badly smashed up, but there was no sign of him. Can I see the car? Yeah, sorry, I was checking the transcript. I've just clicked back in. This actual police station was built upon the set of a show called Glory Days, which had been cancelled. Oh, dear. No, not the fact that Glory Days was cancelled for the car. In case the listeners were worrying, because clearly they'd make a link there. Well, there's a story behind that as well. They actually filmed the car scene with the doctor, and then they had to find a car of the same make that had been smashed up. Because it was cheaper? Well, he's not quite sure. The prop masters were going a bit nuts because he wanted to know why they hadn't found a crashed car and then rented one that looked the same for the actual live shot. Rather than doing it the other way around? Yes, quite remarkable. If you're looking for a smashed-up 19 Chevy Impala, you know, or something like that. <laughs> well, if you're looking for a smashed-up 60 Chevy Impala, just, you know, ask the guys at Supernatural down the road. <laughs> yeah, they could spare one, I'm sure they could. I'm sure they go through about three or four seasons. <laughs> the people at Immunitech didn't mix too much with the locals. 
But according to his co-workers, he was acting a little strange lately. Strange how? Nervous, agitated. He found these in his glove compartment. Ah, so the sheriff's implying that the guy may have been doing drugs. Hmm. I'd like to see his lab, if I may. There was a fire last night in the military. The place was gutted. <laughs> That's a bit suspicious, that. Fleming's lab was destroyed in a fire. So what now? Check out his house. Oh, dear. <laughs> Who loves you, baby? He's got too much hair for that. Tio could probably carry it off. He probably could. Interesting that Tio gets shotgun. Yeah. Jonas does not. Ooh, suspicious. Man with long greasy hair. Really, they should be driving. God, that looks like post restoration. This old house thing. The shots Peter's used, it doesn't look like a normal Stargate episode. Or the dramatic shots and. Oh, look, <laughs> Mr. Fleming, he's not a drinker, is he? Oh, I thought they were chemical flasks. No, they're actually booze. Stood the reason, because a lot, an awful lot of fine spirits actually need to be kept in the dark, because light can damage them and affect the flavour. Well, perhaps they're not fine spirits, they're just off the shelf. God, it's windows. <laughs> Find anything? Nothing of interest. Me neither. There's nothing on the hard drive. There's no discs, no notes, no papers. It's not even a credit card bill. This place has been cleaned. Oh, the van. Yes, delivery. Delivery man's here. Major Carter. One of these got a hawking M sync. What is it with Jonas and books? He's got enough summit in his hand. Now, this actually, the joke here, which you can't actually see, is this was the Malozy Carriers. <laughs> and their slogan was, you want it when? <laughs> we gotta love that. Can you sign for this? Uh, sure. That looks like a standard uh, UPS shipping label. Thank you. Probably was. Christy Wilkes played the delivery woman. She was in the 4400. Mm-hmm. Not much else. Sorry, Christy. Well, Not as sorry as our agent is. What is it? This package to Dr. Richard Fleming was sent from Dr. Richard Fleming. Why would he send something to himself? Maybe he knew they were going to search the house. It's a good way to hide something for a couple of days. I wonder if they had all this black kit in the wardrobe without to requisition it beforehand. Well, sound probably... Ooh, ooh, it's a bit suspect, that is. And she just popped the top off her without even... Yeah, it could have been a biological sample, you know, in an airtight container or something. And definitely not syringe with the urine in. Peter promised. No, I see on the top of just... That looked like a sort of ghoul look, didn't it? You know, sort of the eyes up and the eyebrows down. <laughs> in a little while. Police found amphetamines. We found a syringe. I think we need to at least admit there's a possibility that Dr. Fleming was suffering from some kind of drug-induced paranoia. Perhaps his paranoia was well-founded. He is missing. His place of work was destroyed and all evidence was removed from his home. Well, the scientists working for Adrian Conrad were studying this symbiote in order to create some kind of super drug. I mean, maybe this is what they came up with. That looks like a ridiculously big needle, though. Where are you supposed to inject yourself? <laughs> He's eating. The lad's eating. <laughs> Crumbs. Well, we won't know anything for sure until we send a sample of this back to the base for analysis. I think tomorrow we should talk to other people who worked at Immunitech. We need to figure out what was going on at that lab. Now, this is just me. If I was shipping that drug, I'd have it in an actual bottle and the, the syringe next to it, not a fully loaded syringe. You're kind of just asking for trouble, really, aren't you? Is she injecting herself? No, she's getting a sample to send back to the labs. Ooh, spooky. Little homage to Twin Peaks. Little newspaper. Yes, the tumbleweed. Yes, that wasn't ominous at all, was it? Oh, heavens no. Man with beard. That's the Britannia Heritage Shipyards. Actual real building, and uh, as you'll see, a real boat. Hmm. Actually, they don't tell you the name, but it's actually a, a rum runner from the Prohibition era that's being restored. I see. As some of you may already know, 
We have three uninvited guests in town. They are asking questions. The chances are they won't find anything. But if they do, then we will have to deal with them. He looks familiar. That's the beardy policeman, isn't it? No, it's not. Different beardy man? Different beardy man, yes. And the biker posting the letter. Unfortunately, I didn't get his name. Well, a lot of extras featured that don't actually get credited, which is a shame. Mm-hmm. Hey. <laughs> oh, God, no. Did he just dip a fried uh, <laughs> shrimp or something into a strawberry milkshake? It looked like a shrimp or a very curly French fry. We have another tradition. It's called hardened arteries. According to the transcript, Jonas dips a fry in his chocolate shake and eats it. That is not a chocolate shake. That is definitely strawberry. Our attempts to gather information from the local town folk prove equally fruitless. I wouldn't say that. It looked chocolatey to me. It looked strawberry to me. Tilt glass of water. It'll do fine. Either way, French fries, milkshake. It doesn't work for me. I've seen worse. Yes. What are you talking about? Well, for instance, that man there right behind Teal. He doesn't realize it, but he just put eight cubes of sugar into his coffee. And that lady over the counter, she's been reading the same article for a half an hour. Since we sat down, that waitress has dropped her tray twice. The cook has gotten three orders wrong, including my hamburger, which I ordered medium rare, but is in fact well done. Shock horror, a short order cook <laughs> doesn't quite get it right. Strange, but not actually conclusive evidence of uh, weirdness going on. Major Carter, sorry to bother you. Sheriff Knox would like to see you. Vincent Gale. He's been in his Stargate universe. Sanctuary. Chaos. Don't know chaos. I understand you and your colleagues have been asking a lot of questions around town. Yeah. Is that a problem? We found gasoline residue at the lab. A lot of it. So the fire was deliberate. Which means the stakes have gotten a lot higher. Major, if you know something... Sheriff, I already told you. My investigation pertains to a matter National of... National security, I know. Yes, we're doing your job, Sheriff. You should be calling in the feds. I think you'll find Sam probably outranks them. Yeah, but when it comes to a criminal investigation, the Department of Defence don't really cut it, do they? To cover your own ass, you call the feds and let them sort it out. I'm sure men a small-town sheriff has taken a great deal of pleasure to see conflicting federal branches of the government arguing over jurisdiction. There's something you don't know. Two months ago, another Immunitech researcher named Peter Stouffer disappeared. The case was never solved. Why didn't you tell me this? The town's been through some rough times, Major. Shipyard shut down two years ago, put everybody out of work. When Immunitech came along, they brought a lot of money to the area. So nobody wants to hear anything bad about them? There was no solid evidence of foul play in the Stouffer case. He just didn't show up for work one day and hasn't been seen since. But I did get the feeling the company had something to hide. What do you mean? We subpoenaed documents from them. This is what we got. Yeah, it's almost like he's just kind of drip-feeding information out, isn't it? Well, he's not getting much sleep, bless him. <laughs> yeah, are you tired all the time? Might you be suffering from internal gould? <laughs> Wait for it. <laughs> Oh, for God's sake! Someone went a bit crazy with the black marker. I've done that. We know. But you're not allowed to talk about it. I'm not allowed to not talk about it. Well, this is interesting. It's a shipping invoice. Fleming and Stouffer ordered all the latest material on stem cell research. Really? Hmm. And there's no record of Immunitech doing research in that area. It's... I know. Why would they keep that a secret? Well, stem cells can be used to create skin grafts or replacement organs, but theoretically, they can also be used to create human clones. This is actual real motel. Probably mm-hmm. enough, not a set. And the camera crew is actually in the little kitchenette at the moment. The lamp looks off-centre, the standing one. The shade looks like it's a lot further on one side than it is on the other. Well, it must have something to do with Adrian Conrad. We should go through the rest of this stuff, see if anything turns up. That little kitchenette? Well, yeah, because obviously, you know, they flip round, flip round. That's why episodes take eight days to film. That's still quite fast for 42 minutes of television. I'm sure Game of Thrones took a lot longer than that. This town certainly does get quiet at night. Yeah, that lampshade. I said the standing lamp. 
as opposed to the table one. When you said it, there was only one lamp on screen. I realised that, because by the time I got around saying it, the other lamp had vanished. <laughs> this is this a set? This looks like a set. No, this is... I believe this was originally a fish and chip shop, which they redressed. One half of it is the diner, and the other half is this bar. So, sort of, diner. Yeah. The, a warm and friendly feeling from the locals. I've experienced that in small towns in England. <laughs> you walk in, order a beer, and literally five people turn and look at you. And you're like... Funnily enough, people say the same about Wales. <laughs> no music either. Now, if you notice the starfish behind Jonas, you can see some starfish behind Tilk as well. Yes. The same wall. Oh. You say something. I'm expecting one to cover their ears, one to cover their mouth, and one to cover their eyes. <laughs> yeah, Jonas's normal cheerful self isn't working here. You just have to give him more of an effort. Uh, you know, Jonas, he just got, he's like, I need to be even more perky. <laughs> Offered to buy a round, that may work. I've had American ginger ale, it's not properly spicy. Oh, and my personal favourite ginger ale, which because they haven't sent me any free, I'm not going to mention the name of, apparently technically isn't ginger ale, it's ginger wine. Okay. You have much to learn about humans. That's kind of my point. How are we supposed to fit in when we spend all our time on base? Thanks. Now, surprisingly, rubber ice cubes. What? Yes, ice cubes that look like ice cubes, but don't go click in a glass. Because that's distracting. I see. More movie magic. This is not my home. When my time with SG-1 is done, I will return to Chulak with my son. I guess that's the difference between us. I don't think I'll be able to go back. Yes, they do taste a bit funny, Jonas. You're in our seats. There are many empty seats. But these are ours. Tilk's not quite used to handling this. Yeah. Am I being bullied? How unusual. Yeah, put the nuts back, Jonas. Oh, dear. And the sheriff walks in. Is there a problem here? You were saying about a Western? No. Apparently we were in their seats. Yeah. No. Well, yeah, but that were an entirely different program. <laughs> Are you just <laughs> linking my off-topic ramblings? Uh, that's it, boys. Curly, go back to your seat. <laughs> Sarsaparilla's all round. Play a song, Joe. Can you be Knox, or can you not be Knox? Please tell me you heard that. I didn't hear a word of it. What was that? They're not fit to be in our presence. If you do anything to jeopardize this operation. I will kill you myself. <laughs> yeah, this is a different side to the sheriff. Yes, indeed. That is Dave Squash Ward. Is he a biker by any chance? I'm sure I've seen some of these guys, the Sons of Anarchy. <laughs> You've seen Peter. That's his little cameo for this episode. I spoke with Janet this morning. She did a preliminary analysis on the sample I sent her. She thinks the liquid in the syringe might be some sort of sulfur-based antibiotic. Interesting. The way the light is striking characters' eyes is quite unusual there. They almost look like they're glowing. I wonder if that's deliberate. I imagine when it comes to lighting, everything is deliberate. And if it's an accident, then they claim responsibility anyway. Yeah, second unit director goes, Go me! <laughs> <laughs> Can you do that again? Hi. What? <laughs> no. Hello? Sorry about our misunderstanding last night. Excuse me? At the bar, our little confrontation, my friend and I were in your seats. This place looks oddly familiar. It's strangely like the bar we were in last night. <laughs> and this time, though, the bar guy is totally unfamiliar with Jonas and what he's talking about. A nice, pleasant guy. No worries. But, of course, if Jonas keeps on... <laughs> it's a little strange. He didn't seem to remember us. Perhaps he had consumed too much alcohol. thought of that, but he wasn't showing any of the signs of a hangover. Maybe he didn't want his wife to know he was in the bar. He didn't have a wedding ring here. You're being watched. The silver car. That's the guy from the sheriff's office. He was outside when we first got in town. He was in the restaurant yesterday. Doesn't Jonas look really young and fresh-faced there? I mean, the guy looks in his 20s. I'm assuming he's probably at least 30 young-looking. Doesn't Jonas look really young and fresh-faced there? 
I mean, guy looks in his 20s, I'm assuming he's probably at least 30 young looking. Uh, have they gone for the sort of the long black coat? They're almost dressed, because Teak has to have leather. <laughs> yeah, you know what Teak needs to complete that outfit? What? It's a pair of sawn off shotguns. <laughs> No, a friend of mine works for a major, the major uh, computer company, the one that came up with the first one, and they were out uh, skeet shooting, and one of the guys, big, about six foot four, coloured chap, and they took a photograph of him holding a shotgun in each hand with the full-length leather coat on. He accused them of racial stereotyping. Oh, unlike there, where the black guys are heavy. Sam actually looks quite sort of men in black there, doesn't he? He does, it suits her down to the ground. I can see why she drew inspiration for Helen Magnus here. Well, that's the weird part. He said that the people were after him only come out during the night while everyone's asleep. Since I worked a graveyard shift and sleep during the day, I guess he figured I was one of them. First I thought that he was crazy, and then he went missing. That's when I decided that working for Immunitech was a little too dangerous. Why didn't you tell the sheriff? Fleming said that no one in the town could be trusted. I figured I owed the guy to tell someone. If it hadn't been for him, I would have died in that fire. Yeah, this is Tobin, played by Michael Eklund. Mm -hmm. Canadian actor, been in Shattered and Flashpoint. Not Jeremiah? Not Jeremiah. I I wonder how many extras from Stargate appeared in Jeremiah. I imagine quite a few. Chris actually took great fun in ribbing the guy, kept calling him Ethan Hawke. <laughs> there is a resemblance, a little bit more puffy in the face. He actually more closely resembles the way Ashton Kutcher looks in the attempt to continue uh, Two and a Half Men. With I find it very ironic that they've carried the damn thing on without Charlie Sheen. <laughs> I've refused to watch it. The show died when Charlie left. Positive. Jonas Quinn is correct. It was the same man. <laughs> Yesterday, you said that there was evidence that Fleming and Stover were conducting research into cloning. No, I said there was evidence they were reading up on stem cells. Which can be used to create human clones. What if the man from the restaurant doesn't remember because the man in the bar wasn't really him? Jonas has been reading too much science fiction. Yeah, he's sort of going, yeah, he invasion of the body snatchers. Like the pants, Sam. Leather pants on Sam. Gotta say, I mean, kudos to wardrobe. Although that shirt doesn't look very comfortable or loose. Looks quite stiff. Other than the fact that she actually got to dress casually and in a variety of, you know, nice outfits this episode. Yeah. Dear just those, just give me a full-length leather jacket. That's all I need. I've got naked under the damn thing. And a hat. He's happy. This is his second episode. He's having to have the tattoo on his head. This is actually woken me up a bit. That and the fact that I haven't got the heat on, so I'm slowly starting to freeze. My fingertips are going numb. You noticed these tire marks from the road? I didn't think much of them at the time. This area has been well-traveled, and recently... There are many footprints as well as tire tracks. Let's check it out. Oh dear. Tire tracks in gravel. That's an achievement in itself. Hmm. Footprint. Seriously, two could actually be naked under that coat. You wouldn't know. <laughs> it could be, yeah. Or maybe a lycra or a singlet. Notice where the door is on that warehouse. Yes. Right. So they're going through the door, and on the left where the wall was. Yes, looks suspicious, folks. Well, maybe it goes back a bit and then sideways again. You just I'm sure see it, it does. The angle. <laughs> sure. On the left is, my God, a boat. Huge space. <laughs> it's not a massive continuity error. I made the mistake of recording worse mistakes on television. And this is Stargate feature comes on. In fact, this may shock some of you, but my DVR is almost entirely empty. Um. Now, what were them? Floppy? What were they? Little CDs? When do? Oh. Somebody's been busy. Why didn't get Teok to open door? You know, Teok strong like bear. <laughs> yeah, that's nowhere near detailed enough, even for a level one. Blueprints? <laughs> no. That's a sketch. It shouldn't even be on official draft paper. The outline, isn't it? Yeah, but at least I have the scale marked. Got a pretty good idea. Now this is where acting comes into it. Look at the big green screen, folks. Be inspired. Kind of looks like a hatak. It looks more like a submarine, to be honest. Hmm. What the hell is that? 
Near as we can tell, sir, it's some kind of alien ship, partially constructed. No, sir, I don't think we should do anything drastic until we have more information. That shirt really enhances our breasts. <laughs> you watch Warehouse 13, don't you? Um, yeah, I haven't looked at the Christmas episode yet because it's actually on on Monday. Yeah, I'm, I'm just thinking of uh, Joanne Kelly who plays Micah, whose, whose shirts are always so tight the buttons are straining. I don't see how this is a bad thing. Every computer chair, that's what you get. After a while, you've got to sit up and stretch your back. It is possible we also acquired alien technology. I don't know. I mean, this is unlike anything the Russians or the NID ever had. Then there must be some kind of alien presence here in town. It looks that way. But how did they get here? It is not probable they arrived at the Stargate. If they came by ship, why would they be building another one? Perhaps an accident or a malfunction. Well, either way, they're not finished, which means they'll be back. And my guess is they work under the cover of darkness. They only come out at night. It's not NID. It's not human. Okay. I think I can break this code, but it's going to take a while. Could be alien, since they believe it's an alien spaceship. Looking at it thinking, damn it, where's Daniel when you need him? Damn. <laughs> yeah, come on, Jonas, make yourself useful. Make the tea. <laughs> Jonas is T-Boy. Hold on, son. Spooky. Teal'c, is there any activity? Negative. How is the decryption progressing? Slowly. I like that line from Jonas, they only come out at night. I mean, it's, uh, I assume he didn't say it in such an overly dramatic tone. Oh, the boys are on a stakeout. And this is one of the uh, one of the issues of shooting on location, especially in Canada. Now, that is the same bedroom where Sam was sleeping earlier. Damn, you just missed her. Yes, they, they redressed the bed in man-sheets. Man-sheets. Yeah, nothing too girly. Not for Sheriff Knox. Yeah, we all need more sleep than that. <laughs> I know. I mean, that wasn't even one wink. I don't wonder, is it cold enough for that, or did they have to artificially generate the damn mist with dry ice? Something's happening. There was a little fog machine just off camera, yes. <laughs> They're quite loud. And here we see the classic cars. Come on, Sam, you can do it. You've done it. Oh, gold. Did you read that? I imagine you recognise it certainly, but surely by now. By the way, if there's anyone sufficiently obsessed with Stargate to translate that, <laughs> if you get it to us, I personally, for uh, either 10 English pounds or $15, leave that in. Mike, I'm serious. That's all right. Just make sure I've got the copy from your recording because I didn't hear a word of it. I offered a small price for translating that. Fleming and Stouffer really were doing cloning research, only it was Adrian Conrad's symbiote that they cloned. Why did we not sense their presence? There's no Naquita in their blood. Yeah, as you can see, from the long shot it's raining, from the close-in shot it's not. There's way too many of them. Uh, yeah. You guys better get back here. I'll see if I can translate more of this text. Hold it. Leave the weapons on the dash. Put your hands in the air and get out of the car. Okay, the story takes another little twist. The deputy is suddenly arresting the SGC personnel. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Get in the van. What is this? Get in the van. Is that his only line? No, he, he speaks a bit further in. That's not good. <laughs> Nowhere to go. Does that red sign say office? It's kind of hard to see at this resolution. Yes, I believe it does. Zombies. Thousands of them. <laughs> Always worth shooting a zombie, you never know. What will our heroine do next? Tune in next week. That's a very thick needle. Ah, the classic in a moving van with a rear projection screen. Mm -hmm. Where are you taking us? Back to the motel. We want you out of town by daybreak. Shake the van a bit more, lads. Speed bump. Whee! I'm Agent Cross. It's Agent Singer. NID. 
Oh, that bones that were on last night. That were a moving van, which weren't actually moving. Bones' biggest weakness is that their car shots are absolutely pathetic. This was actually a packed van, it was just rocking. This is a part of van, actually. We are waiting for the symbiotes to complete the ship. It's going to be the first line of our new planetary defense system. You set this whole thing up? No. We just took advantage of the situation. Immunitech cloned the symbiotes. Then there was some kind of an accident. We figure Fleming was the first to be infected, and then he went after the other townspeople. Now, Fleming is the one who tipped us off. At least they've got the driver on me. I've seen some of these shots, and you see people driving, and they're casually swinging the wheel like through regular 15-degree arcs, and I'm thinking, if you drove like that, you'd be all off the bloody road. What shows like that, when the driver's turned to look at his passenger and talk to him, I've actually shouted at the screen, look at the bloody road. <laughs> <laughs> so it's been it's not been two seconds or three seconds it's been about 10 seconds they haven't been watching the road i'm thinking i no. know people that drive like that it's scary <laughs> my dad drives like that which is why i refuse to get lifts often generally unless i'm drunk or on the way to <laughs> kudos to the the camera guys for this they actually did shoot this video footage especially for this scene hmm. it is actually coverage of the town they're in thankfully they didn't just get stock footage <laughs> now we can do what we want what shall we do hmm. <laughs> building up the tension a bit the music too. Snake Woman, as she's credited. Karen Moffat. I wonder if she's distant cousin of her, Stephen. Oh, I doubt it. I suspect there's plenty of Moffats in the world. Organ transplant. Da, da, da. Ooh, That was quick. It was, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, the motel room door smashed open. This isn't good. Mm-hmm. Sam? And the window smashed as well. Sam! They took her. Shocker. You think? Really? <laughs> Just in case you wondered what she'd done with this syringe. The empty syringe lies unnoticed under the bed. And it's something I didn't realise at the time. The cameras are that big, they couldn't actually get too far down there. They had to use a little kind of a, a mirror arrangement to reflect <laughs> under the bed up towards the camera. Why can't they just use a little fibre optic feed thing? I assume there's a reason. We have a code six, I repeat, a code six. This is not a drill. We just lost 500 years of technical advancement. It's much worse than that. Oh dear. The idea have been compromised as well. Oopsie. <laughs> Does Jonas get that? I imagine it's like a bad hangover with none of the pleasant, beneficial pre effects. Oh, he wakes up looking at Sam. <laughs> what happened? <laughs> Did we? No? Oh, right. Handcuffs were involved though. What's going on? You should only speak when spoken to. You may call me Mistress Samantha. Mm-hmm. Okay. I am wearing a lot of leather. <laughs> to be fair, that slap should have sounded a bit harder, you know. A bit. Mm. It sounded a bit... <laughs> mm. Oh, again. They're making full use of this yeah. visual effect. Yep. They've got their plans. Welcome, brother. You know where you are? I have the memories of my host. Good. Good. When the containment team gets here, you and Agent Singer will take the symbiotes and report back to NID headquarters. What about the rest of us? We'll be detained. It'll only be a matter of days before we've taken control of the organization. Ah, oh, say, I'm mistaken earlier. Agent Singer is Sean Tyson. Easy, okay? Sorry. The irony is we only wanted to get off this pathetic planet. But when we realized they were watching us, we came up with a new plan. Lots of little baby golds. Wait. Major Carter was writing a report on her computer. It would be better if the containment team didn't find it. Get the computer first.
should we use these two as hosts? No. This one is Jafar. Jafar. You should be serving your god. Apophis, the false god, is dead. Really? Wherever Tilt goes, Jafar. What about this one? He's an alien. The humans don't really trust him. And you're wrong about the tattoo. I was correct up until that point. <laughs> Which is the best kind of correct. <laughs> I thought technically correct was the best kind of correct. With all due nods to certain other podcasts which we sadly acknowledge the existence of. I mean, that's a good point. The symbiote they were cloned from was around while Apophis was alive, so you're totally unfamiliar with what's happened in the last six months. <laughs> Something Peter West, the DP, really loves. The guys coming around the trucks. Mm-hmm. Have fun doing this scene. Same trucks. There's just two of them. They only rented two of them. <laughs> oh, a lot of extras. I know. That's a little silly, really, though, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they're not exactly covering the whole town. At least they're not sort of going... Hut, 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 yeah. hut. <laughs> and this is something, again... The camera had to be remotely operated just in case one of them lasers hit it just right and burn out the optics of whoever was looking through the eyepiece. You just don't think of these things, you know, when you're watching the show as a viewer. Mm-hmm. Sergeant Krieger! Agent Cross! What's our status? The perimeter's in place. We're ready to begin rounding up the citizens. Excellent. Agent Singer and I are going to need transportation immediately to headquarters. I'll call on the chopper. That's Adrian Holmes. Mm-hmm. Born in Wales. Really? Guest starred in Human Target, Smallville, V. That's how he's been around. And as you can see, chucking it down. Yeah, it's not. <laughs> Get out of the car! Keep your hands where we can see them! Huh, pretty little lights. Disco. I'm Major Carter, United States Air Force. I have important information for Agent Cross. Let her through. Yes, all evil together. She's got a zato now, isn't she? <laughs> rain, rain, rain. Remember this, it's still chucking it down yes. as they walk behind the... Oh, look. Maybe they're undercover now. I'm sure they're undercover now, but thankfully it stopped raining. <laughs> what are you doing here? You were supposed to be detained with the others. Major Carter's far more valuable to you if she hasn't been exposed. That wasn't part of the plan. No, she's right. Well, we're taking over the NID... She can infiltrate Stargate Command. It's too risky. You worry too much. See, Sam's here. Not wet at all. <laughs> yes, it's no such thing as worrying too much when you're dealing with Sam. Look, evil aliens, when Sam Carter gets on board, the plan gets changed for the better. Yes. You guys aren't nearly as smart as you think you are. <laughs> no. They're a bit dumb, aren't they? They just stood there and went, duh. Translated enough of the gold writing to know that Immunitech had engineered the symbiotes with a built-in kill switch, a susceptibility to a particular antibiotic. The syringe. So we had it all along. When I saw the gold coming, I figured I had nothing to lose, so I injected myself and it acted like a vaccine. That's it. Explain what you did, Sam, to the viewers. I just played along. Sam, of course, explain. We had similar results with the townspeople. They all responded positively to the treatment. Each dead symbiote will slowly break down and be absorbed into the host body. Do the townspeople have any recollection of these events? As far as they know, they were all inoculated against an outbreak of meningitis. That's fortunate. We didn't have to get the toker out to uh, actually... Erase memories? It's almost as if it didn't happen. Even though it's not complete, it may still prove valuable. All right. The NRD might have had a point in letting them build the ship, then take them out. <laughs> so when we were in the sheriff's office... Yes. <laughs> you were in complete control. That's right. See this bruise here? Yes. And you felt it absolutely necessary to really slap me. Had to make it look good. No, you can't, actually, but you did hit me. Let's get some lunch. Did you say that Sam actually really did slap him? Yes, and she actually did. It was just like (laughs) ad-libbed. Let's go and have lunch. That was Amanda's ad-lib. In the commentary, Peter DeLuise talking to Peter West, actually, you know, thanking Peter West for all the work he did on this episode because it was Peter's idea for most of the shots, you know, the town, the uh, the fog and the uh, traffic lights and all that. Yep. And he says, you know, Peter actually takes the piss out of himself a bit and he says, you know, his directorial approaches 
talk faster and keep props up to your face. That's his normal instructions to the actors. <laughs> Seems to work. He's made a decent career out of it. <laughs> which bit? You said Peter approach to direction, but you didn't specify which Peter. <laughs> Peter DeLuise is the director. Peter West was the DP. Mm. Right, that was Nightwalkers. Yes. Yes, it was. As I said earlier, it doesn't get good ratings or votes in the viewer poll, but I don't think it was a bad episode. Why? It doesn't get good ratings or good viewers. Because it's different. Well, that and the fact that no Jack, no Daniel. That could and be I, it, you know. I don't think after a mere five episodes, people have really taken the Jonas yet. It's a shame because, I mean, you look at Nightwalkers and mm. it does look different to a normal Stargate episode, even ones that's shot on location. They did set it up to look different. Stylistically, it reminds me more of the X-Files. Yeah, that's one of the shows they actually commented on commented on in the commentary. <laughs> yeah, it's one of the shows they mentioned in the commentary as being kind of a source of inspiration for it. That and the movie Silkwood. Not seen it. Of course, every zombie movie ever made. But not near dark. Oh, I don't know. Near Dark had a lot of... Near Dark? And that uh, vampires? Yeah, but not a typical vampire movie. Ah, oh, oh, right, okay, I'm with you. I love the way they catch people. The kid vampire is lying on the road in the dark with the bike as though he's being run over. So people stop and come over and help him. He's like, ah, jump. <laughs> of course, Lance Henriksen. Couldn't go wrong with him. No, indeed not. Well, that one, Nightwalkers. Next week's episode is called Abyss. Oh, Yes. He said, clicking and waiting for the transcript to come up with the burp. Ah, a ghoul lord holds O'Neill captive and tortures him for if O'Neill suffers. Dan Jackson, meanwhile, I won O'Neill before it's too late. Before it's too late. <laughs> it's never too late. Uh, what? <laughs> <laughs> oh God, I think it's too late about 300 bloody times. <laughs> before it's too late. Honestly, my incredulity come across well there. It did a bit. The abyss... It's not the abyss, it's just abyss, isn't it? Yes, no, it's just abyss, it's not the abyss. Yeah, not the abyss. Abyss. Very important episode for many of the uh, fan base. In fact, when I watched Nightwalkers earlier this week, I left the DVD and I watched Abyss straight after. I couldn't <laughs> wait. <laughs> I really, I couldn't wait a week. <laughs> Thoroughly enjoyable episode. Even though Nightwalkers isn't a bad episode, and, you know, it's interesting, it's pretty much a standalone, they try to do with things a little bit differently. Abyss is classic Stargate. It hits the proverbial ball out of the park in every scene. Mm -hmm. Really looking forward to that one. I just read the first bit of transcripts and I was like, stop reading. <laughs> right, let's see. You can tell when you're off because your posting rate on the Gatecast group goes up by a factor of about five. <laughs> it's amazing how I fill my time when I'm on holiday. <laughs> just say the word. Open the iris. Okay, we've got a little feedback from our various portals. Thomas Shop posted on the Facebook page. Just finished my watch through and finally saw the series finale of SGA. That was one heck of an episode to go out on for sure. Wonder if there'll be any Star Trek references to the location of Atlantis when the podcast does that episode. I replied, I'm in the middle of season 3 of my rewatch, but I'm sure its locale will be a minor topic of discussion. It's not as if Trek, in one form or another, is alien to us. Got a few comments on Gatecast episode 113, Frozen. Daniel posted, Love the set. Reminds me of X-Files and The Little Empire Strikes Back. A little bit. Also love the wheels they put on the bottom of the snowmobiles. Great intro for the ancients. I replied, There is a lot going on, which on the surface, there doesn't seem to be. Thomas jumps in. Yeah, I really enjoy this episode for what it sets up in the rest of the series, including the premiere of Atlantis in the first ten seconds. I replied, Yeah, the opening scene of Rising was inspired. This past week we had a couple of Stargate-related birthdays. Paul McGillian and Joe Flanagan, both from Stargate Atlantis celebrated their birthdays, both on the 5th of January, two years apart though, 1967-1969. It's quite disturbing the fact that I was born in the same year as Joe Flanagan, yet I look my age and he doesn't. Such is life. We also got a comment on the website from Lynn. Happy birthday Joe, you're my fave actor, and absolutely loved you as Colonel John Shepard on SGA. Best wishes for a great year, Lynn. Thanks Lynn for using the website's comment form, it doesn't get used very often. Back to Facebook. A post by Ryan Smith in the Gatecast group. Just so you guys know, there was a Stargate cartoon at some point. It was called Stargate Infinity. Alan replies, While we acknowledge the theor <laughs> theoretical existence of the abomination that is Stargate Infinity, we do not at this point intend covering it on the Gatecast. Of course, this editorial policy is subject to change based upon the whim of fate, or, more importantly, Mike. Ryan replied, Well, it only lasted one season, so yeah. Thomas jumps in. Well, it's not canon for sure. 
I replied, There is an opportunity there, methinks, for anyone who has actually seen the show to do a little review for us, as it's unlikely we'll ever watch it. Adriana, count me out on that one. Just to emphasise the point, if anybody does want to do any sort of review on Stargate, an episode we have watched, an episode we haven't watched, from any other series, of books, audiobooks, anything of any variety, if you want to put it down as an email or an audio mp3, that would be fantastic. So that's all the feedback this week. We'll see if we have any more next week. Please be advised, these are the current communication protocols. The Gatecast website can be found at gatecast.facecast.com and has its own feedback and contact form. Links to episodes not on the current RSS feed can be found there as well. Our Facebook and Google Plus groups are listed under The Gatecast, and our Twitter feed goes by The Gatecast, which is one word. These three resources seem to be the most popular method of keeping in touch. We are also listed on the Blueberry service as The Gatecast, one word, and Cast Roller as The Gatecast. Finally, our email address is gatecastpodcast at gmail.com, and even with today's social media network deluge, it's still the most basic and reliable method of contacting us. If you want to be a bit more adventurous than recording an audio file, MP3 preferable, but it doesn't really matter, and email it to us. It's a great way to interact with us and the rest of the listeners. It also helps when we hear how to pronounce somebody's name. So feel free to send us feedback and any other type of comment about the Stargate franchise, or our own small part of this fandom. Links and pictures are all part of the love of SG-1, SGA and Universe. Retweets, shares and plus ones are always appreciated. One universe, one people, the journey never ends. Stargate forever. Yeah, Kowalski. Oh yeah, I posted that picture that Daniel sent us of the Stargate action figures. Mm-hmm. Couple of birthdays. No, just a lot of birthdays. Yeah. I thought Bo was gone. It's his father who's gone, isn't it? Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure his dad's dead. Because Bo is Jeff's brother, not his dad. <laughs> yes, that's true. <laughs> Sorry, Bo, but it must be tough being Jeff Bridges' brother. <laughs> you think so? Well, he got the looks gene, didn't he? He's a dude. On the next Stargate SG-1. I agreed to let Tatoka put a snake in my head or I would have died. A host for an alien being. How long were you host to this Canaan? I don't remember. Leads to deadly consequences for Colonel O'Neill. You don't know the pain you will suffer for this impudence. I don't know the meaning of the word. Seriously, impudence, what does that mean? They'll try to break him. It will be far worse next time. Destroy him. We don't leave our people behind. But can an old friend save him before it's too late? You can't fight your way out of this. Get help! Michael Shanks guest stars. When are you going to end this? If you tell me what I wish to know, I will end this. On the next Stargate SG-1. Christmas is done. Uh, we're in the new year now. Let's hope we have a good one. We'll see you next week with Abyss. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye, folks. You've been listening to Gatecast, presented by Alan, Mike and Scott. Visit us at gatecast.facecast.com.